0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, we had the call of Jeremiah. This week, we hear Isaiah saying, well, who can go? And the Lord said, why don't you go? He says, here I am, send me. In both of these stories, uh, we have a revelation then we have a purification, and then we have a commission. In both of those stories that we have uh, just back to back these Sundays, the revelation is what God is either doing or who He is. There's a revelation for Jeremiah, it was, You are about to preach for me. For Isaiah, it is the holiness of the Lord. And. With both of those revelations, Jeremiah and Isaiah say, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not prepared. I can't do it. Or I'm a person of unclean lips. And I live in a nation of people with unclean lips. And so God comes to both Jeremiah and Isaiah and purifies them and commissions them to do God's will. Revelation, purification, commission. And so, last week, we began to talk about calling. Isaiah and Jeremiah have a very specific calling that they're called to, but we step back and begin to reflect on what calling means for all of us. And last week we talked about the fact that there is a general calling of God for every person in the world. That God calls each one of us in a general way. What is that call? It is the call of God the Creator and loving Heavenly Father to each person to come to Him, to become His child, to become fully human by becoming like the image of God, Jesus, to become children of light. And this is the calling for every single person, the general calling of God, our Heavenly Father. It is a call, not to a position or some sort of career, it's a call to a person, God. It is that call to come to the Heavenly Father, and to be healed and restored and drawn in and remade and renewed and recreated. And so this call is in fact the call to come to God and then be prepared for how God wants to send you out, how God wants to use you. So we talked about this call has to do with our whole selves, our mind, our heart, our body, our resources, our time. It's the whole thing. God wants all of us. And I came across a great quote from Richard Rohr. He's a Catholic priest. And he says, The people who know God well, mystics, hermits, prayerful people, those who risk everything to find God, always meet in God a lover and not a dictator. God, our loving Heavenly Father, is calling us to a relationship of love, and we must answer that call if we want to be alive. It is, in fact, a call to life. Life in God. William Temple says, As we become forgetful of ourselves... And entirely filled with his glory, because that's what God possesses, the glory of his righteousness and his love, we become transformed into his image from glory to glory. And because we are more like him, we shall do something that is far more truly his will than we might have planned out for ourselves in an eager and perhaps impatient generosity. If we will come to God and allow God to work in us, to live in us, God will give us something more glorious than we could come up with ourselves. And so we are called in the end to become like Jesus Christ and to do God's will and work in this world. Well, we have a general call of God. And then secondly, we have the call of Jesus to follow him. Now, when you were growing up in high school, you weren't thinking about the call of God, probably, and you probably weren't thinking about the call of Jesus to follow you. Some people uh, start that in high school, but this is standing back after many years and then looking about how do these calls line up? Because we're finally going to get to the call of service or vocation And we may be well into our lives. And so we're stepping back and we're looking at how do these callings actually fit together. And so, just briefly, we have the call of Christ to follow me. Jesus says, come with me, take on my yoke, learn how to live life, learn how to interpret the reality that you see, the people that you deal with. You're going to grow, you're going to learn, you're going to understand, you're going to enter the reign or kingdom of God. You're going to repent and you're going to take up your cross because that's how it works. And we frequently frequently speak about those type of things. And so the general calling of God, second, the call of Jesus to follow him, to learn how to engage life as he does and how he moves through us to do so. And so everyone's work or vocation, whether it's paid or unpaid, is as a child of God, answering that first call, and if you're a Christian, hopefully it's as a disciple of Jesus. The challenge over many years in the church is that people can be church members without actually being followers of Jesus. If we decided that we were going to be a disciple of Jesus, the first question would be, well, what does your master say? And then people have to say, I better learn what Jesus actually said. (laughs) What did he actually teach? What did he actually say? And then we have to engage in a lifetime of learning what it is the scriptures teach, what Jesus is recorded as saying. And so it all starts from there. But as disciples of Christ, we are following him, learning of him, regardless of what we do with all of our time or our career with that type of vocation. And so what matters most is that we are faithful disciples living this out regardless of what sphere of work it is and that our call motivates us and dignifies us and inspires our work. And Paul would collect this, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, meaning connected to him and in his way, giving thanks to God, our heavenly father. So that is, in fact, the second call. The third call is the call to the mission of the church, Christ's body. There is a call that many people don't know about. We're called to be the church, to be the body of Christ, to be the hands and feet and the eyes and the ears and the mouth of Jesus in this world. Now, you all are here, and you are entering into that, or you have a long tenure of entering into that, but most people, even most Christians, they think about their work, especially if they get paid to do it. They spend all their time doing that, And church fits in some little corner of their life that is convenient to them. That is not entering into the call of the mission of the church. It just isn't. And so the call to mission, the call to service, the call to outreach, the call to witness and to care and to proclamation and the word of God... Is supposed to have an effect in this society called the body of Christ, but also in the world in ways that we don't fully know or understand. But many people don't see the church doing much, and therefore the witness of the love of God going out and reaching out to the neighbor Jesus mentions, Did you visit me in prison? When did we do that, Lord? (laughs) When you visited anyone in prison, because I'm the Lord and I am the Logos and I am connected to everyone in the world. So if you visit a prisoner, you're visiting me. And so this third call, this third call to be about the mission of the church. Now, don't get caught up in church Because the mission of the church is about people, and it's about love, and it's about service here, but it's also about extending outside of this complex into the lives of people that we may not know, that we may never see again. We don't know how God is using all that we do outside the church, but this third calling of the mission of the church, is very important. We are called to be the body of Christ in this world. The question is, how am I going to do it? And maybe the first question is, am I going to do it? But if you decide, yes, I'm going to answer that call, then the next question is, well, how do I do it? And there's a whole list of things about how we engage people here and there's a whole list of things about how we engage people outside of these walls. But we are certainly called to the mission of the church. And it doesn't matter whether you're working or not working. It doesn't matter whether you're just out of college. It doesn't matter if you are in a nursing home or some care facility. You can still participate in some way in the mission of Christ's church. And we're called to do it. I want to recite to you the prayer that the bishop said as a part of this confirmation today. It's beautiful and it really sums up so many things. When I heard him pray the prayer, I was like, well, that I'm tearing this off of the 9 o'clock service because this is going into the 11 o'clock service because it's so good. The bishop prays, Almighty God, we thank you that by the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, you have overcome sin and brought us to yourself and that by the sealing of the Holy Spirit, you have bound us to your service. Renew in these your servants the covenant you made with them at their baptism. Send them forth in the power of that spirit to perform the service you set before them. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord. Aren't those powerful words? That's what we are confirmed to do. That's what we're empowered to do by the Holy Spirit. To be about the service of God. Now, many of us work so hard at the work that we do that we get paid for, we don't have very much time or energy for the church and for Christ and his mission through the church. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. There are these things called tablets or laptops or cell phones that just bring work right home. You know, in the old days, you left work, and unless someone rang you on the phone, uh, you were sort of free, right? But now, you know, work follows you home. You can't get away with it. You have to decide not to work at home the way things are now. Well, we have to set limits. We have to set boundaries. We have to decide, I'm not going to work all day and all night Because there are other things that are calling upon me and my time and my energy and my resources. And God is the one who's calling. Not even Stuart Bates. Not Bob. Not Rick. It's God calling each of you to participate in the mission and the ministry of the church. Now, if you have a question about how to do it, let's meet together and we can sort that out. But this is the point that I think sometimes is just missed because we understand that God's called us, we believe in Jesus, we're trying to follow him best we can, and then we spend the rest of our time working. It eats up our whole day, our whole life, and then maybe once we retire we say, well, maybe I have a few minutes for the church. That's normally how it works in my experience. But we can... Begin that process even while we're busy with our paid work and our careers of taking our place in the church and in the mission of the church and what God is calling us to do. Well, now, finally, we are getting to the last call, and that's the call to vocation. And a vocation can be service, it can be work, it can be a hobby, it can be a career. It can be all manner of things, but we really have to get these callings in order because God has called us, Christ has called us, the church is calling us, and then finally, what are we going to do with our work? Well, most people in this room already know what they're doing with their work because they're already working. Or you have finished your career and you're retired in some way and you're deciding, how am I going to fulfill my time and my days and all of that? And so we are called to be God's plan in this world. We can't fully articulate that, but we are called to serve. And we're called to serve in many, many different ways. Now, When we're called to serve, God is using the unique gifts that God has given each person. Uh, I'm not called to serve on the basketball court um, because I'm really not tall enough and I never really learned how to play basketball uh, very well and I'm just not called to do that. Uh, Somehow, I'm called to do this. And once I finish this, I will probably continue to do something that has to do with my mouth that can just run on and on and on because I'm from a whole family of speakers. And when you get us all together for holidays, watch out uh, because all of us somehow want to say something. Well, so God gifts all of us with certain gifts. And we are to present those gifts to God and allow God to use those. Now, many of us in the careers that we find ourselves, we didn't go through a real organized rational process. But we uh, knew what our strengths probably were. We had some connections. We asked around. We sort of tried to find a job. And then we sort of went from job to job to job. And we find ourselves in some type of career or vocation. And so that's really how it works. We sort of felt our way into it. Uh, Thomas Merton, uh, a, a monk who wrote a famous book called No Man is an Island, says, We must make the choices that enable us to fulfill the deepest capacities of our real selves. We must make the choices to fulfill the deepest capacities in our real selves. So God has given us gifts that we possess, and we are to use those to God's glory. Now, we're, we're having a career. We're making our livelihood. We're helping our families. And the passage that I always love to think about is Paul's uh, admonition to those who had come into the church who would answer that call of God, our Heavenly Father, who were formerly thieves. And he said, thieves, former thieves, thieves, quit stealing. Work, make your money for your family, but also make enough to have some left over to give to those in need. So it's not about just making money for ourselves. We are called to make enough money to give to others. Well, I want to finish uh, with a story. Uh, It's a story about someone who was a carpenter. His name was Bob, and he loved to work with wood. It was his art, his craft, his joy. It was his escape, actually, because he knew that when he was woodworking. He wasn't dealing with the office. He wasn't dealing with the wife. He wasn't dealing with other pressures that he could escape in his carpentry. And so he continued to do that. Now, he worked as a a mid-level executive in a bank, and that's how he made the money. But his real heart was in carpentry. What he found later, though, was that he took on two young men and began to show them the artistry of working with wood. And he began to understand that he had the capacity to share his art, his love, his joy with young men who needed to be mentored. And then he realized that what he was really sort of hoarding for himself was something that he could actually share with others. So the question to end our time about a vocation of serving with our gifts is who are you sharing your life with? Who are you sharing your life with? And I just want to end by saying we have ways to do that at St. Francis because we have the gathering where we share our life with others. We have any number of outreach projects where we share our life with others. We have a way to share your life by reading and mentoring and helping students learn math at Woodview Elementary. We have all sorts of ways that we are actually sharing our lives and our gifts with others and that's how we fulfill our call to serve. To serve God in a paid way, an unpaid way, a volunteer way, a mentoring way. So let us, by the power of the Holy Spirit today, answer all of those calls. The call of God our Heavenly Father. The call of Jesus to follow him. The call of the church to serve and be the body of Christ in this world. And finally, the call to vocation, to serve God wherever we are and to share our life, amen.